Welcome to another episode of Two Strike Noise, your weekly baseball history podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jeff, joining me uh, as almost usual back home in Seattle, but uh, back on the payphone this week. It is my co-host, Mark A. Johnston. Mark, thank you for uh, for being here. You know, it's it was tough to find a payphone and then get <laughs> enough change, but I think I'm pretty well set. I, there was a guy in here earlier that smelled bad, and the, the smell's kind of sticking around, but I think I'll be used to it within a few minutes. Well, I really didn't appreciate it when you called me collect the first time. Well, you, you didn't have to hang up. Anyway, <laughs> I got all the change now. We should do this show just doing it collect, and you know when you call collect, or at least when you used to, and it gives you like that 10 seconds to say something like who it is. We'll just do yeah. the show in 10-second segments. You just keep you know, commenting. There you go. Really quickly, That's and then right. call me back. All right. Something like Neil Suttles hit three home runs in one game in uh, <laughs> 1952. Oh, you ran out of time there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, but we got we got stuff to talk about this week. Plenty of stuff, actually. Uh, and we have got a special guest this week. This is going to join us for for Wax Packs Heroes. So a little bit different this week. We've got former Major League outfielder Wes Chamberlain joined us to play Wax Packs Heroes this week in, in a little, changed it up a little bit and just had him come in and we open a pack of baseball cards uh, because of some time constraints. And uh, he had a decent pack. We got some good stories out of him. So be sure to stick around for that. But other than that, we've got a bunch of stuff to talk about it, uh, we'll start out, Mark, with some BP because I have not. Uh, my team has been sidelined because of a positive Corona test for the past week, so I, w- I need to get warmed back up before we get into the thing here. So let's start That's with a little funny. BP first. All right. Uh, we broke this news. We didn't break the news, but we we talked about it a couple of weeks ago when I mentioned that Manny Ramirez was talking to teams in the Australian Baseball League. Remember that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, he has signed. He has signed oh with the Sydney Blue Sox. Very and, nice. That's yeah. exciting. He's only 48 years old, so I figure he's still got a couple of years left in him. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, he has not played since 2014, which for, wow. for you non-math majors, that's six years ago. But uh, he's going to apparently attempt to play in the ABL. When we talked about that before, that same article that I found about him talking to the ABL also mentioned that Felix Hernandez was possibly mulling a possible appearance in the league. Since he's opted out of the MLB this year, he yes. might uh, might go down there. I could see I could actually see a lot of these guys that opted out this year going down there to kind of get back in shape before spring training next year. Yeah, and I think they'd have an amazing time, and and I think people would come out to see them. Oh yeah, that would definitely it would definitely draw. It would be it would be a boon for the league. But I think that's a I think you might see some more actual MLBers. They've they've already got guys down there that that have you know maybe had a cup of coffee or in the high minors will play down there for a while. But very interesting. Uh, we'll see what Manny Ramirez. Uh, you know, he see he these last couple of leagues he signed with, he tends to play for like a month or so and then he, I think he gets bored. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. But we'll see we'll, well see what goes on with that. If a few players go there, I think it'd be very good for baseball. Stretch out internationally a little bit more, get a little more attention to the Australian leagues and yeah, yeah, I think it's a good idea. Well, and you know, it's it's an eight team league and they only play a twenty four game season. So I don't oh, think wow. he could get bored 
if he plays no. the whole year. We'll see. It, no. That's December and January is when that happens. And I know I watched a bunch of their games. Most of their games are broadcast on, on YouTube live. So you can you can watch them as well. Right on. We will see. Uh, we'll see how that uh, that goes. I got another another thing I wanted to talk about here, and I I, I was going to do it last week, but as, as Mark knows, I have a complete inability to differentiate between Memorial Day and Labor Day. I don't know which is which, and when they are in the year. And I found this story about Labor Day. And I was going to do it last week, but I'm like, oh, I missed it. I'll just save it for next year. But no, Labor Day is what, if you're listening to this on, on our debut day, happened yesterday. So I'm going to, it's it's a day late, probably a dollar short, but I, I wanted to tell you about this story that I found. So let's jump into the Wayback Machine, Labor Day 1971 at Dodger Stadium. Dodgers hosting the Reds. It's the bottom of the fifth inning. Maury Wills is on second base for the Dodgers. And shortstop for the Cincinnati Reds, Woody Woodward, future Mariners general manager. I did not know Woody Woodward played ball, did you? I had no idea. I especially didn't know he was a shortstop. Yeah, so that was <laughs> that was weird that he's he's at short for the Reds at this point. And he runs up behind Maury Wills on a pickoff attempt at second base. As he is running from his position to second base, a chicken is let loose from the stands in right field and starts to run around the outfield. Okay? That's <laughs> not, not the even, San Diego chicken. No, not the San Diego chicken, an actual chicken. Now, this is not even, this is, that's the normal part of this story. Okay? As that chicken is let loose, it, this is kind of like a Rube Goldberg machine. Woody Woodward starts to run to second. A chicken is let loose in left field. As Woodward runs a large bag is dropped from a low flying plane in the sky and lands right in the spot that woodward had just abandoned it leaves a large cloud of white smoke and nobody knows what the heck is going on at dodger stadium at this point there's a chicken running in left field a large bag of what would later be determined flour falling from the sky leaving a puff of white smoke at shortstop. This is like real wrath of God type stuff, Ray. Fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Mass hysteria. <laughs> so the team after the game said that they had located a small private plane flying over the stadium that night, but they didn't want to press charges and they didn't want to publicize that for fear of copycats flying planes and oh. dropping bags of flour on baseball players or or the fans could have become a pastime yeah it could, a very dangerous pastime i mean if that would have landed in the stands or if woody woodward hadn't have moved somebody could have died sure so while both of these occurrences are strange on their own the fact that they would happen in the same game let alone within moments of each other is really weird but there are pictures of neither of these events not oh, a really? single picture this is 1971, remember, so people aren't whipping out their, their cell phones and stuff. But there, right. there are written accounts of these, but there are no actual pictures of these accounts. So this is not actually the only instance of a Dodger being targeted with flour. Uh, Steve Howe, a very troubled individual we know, had substance abuse problems throughout his life, one of which was a very serious cocaine addiction. 
It was public knowledge during his playing days about this problem, and he was suspended seven times during his career and ultimately banned for life. Howe was apparently hit in the head with a bag of flour while sitting in the bullpen, this thrown from the stands. I found several reports of this incident happening, but I couldn't find any like real details about it. But it no doubt was in reference to his cocaine habit. Just a right. kind of a dick move by somebody in the stands, but still. Sure. Dodgers and, and flower attacks. Just kind of weird stuff. I'd not heard of, of this Dodger Stadium flower bomb, and let alone a chicken running in the outfield. So <laughs> It's an omen. The chicken was an omen, and the flower was the actual uh death attempt yeah well chicken little said the sky is falling right and there's a chicken a and then point. something's falling from the sky it might be a might have been a coordinated attack we don't know this is a multifaceted dangerous thing that happened it was odd to say the least so uh, as i mentioned the show is debuting on september 8th the day after labor day so uh, that's how i'm going to tie that in september 8th i got a couple of debuts this was another one where the list was just so long because it's September call-ups. Yeah, and it's early September. In, in the old, in the good old days, I can say it was a September call-ups. Yeah. Uh, but I did manage to pick three out that we can discuss today. One, we discussed last week, and we'd never heard of this guy before last week, but he was traded with Ray Caldwell, who we talked about last week. Yes. 1913, Slim Love made his debut in the big leagues. Slim Love? Slim Love. So... <laughs> <laughs> he pitched for six years and he, he ended his career with a 21 and 17 record. Now, we talked about that last week because we were ruminating on what a great name Slim Love was. And I don't know why I have to say love like that, but it just comes out that way. Slim yeah. Love. Kind of like brother love. That's a <laughs> wrestling and a Neil Diamond reference right there. there That's you go. Yeah. speaking of multifaceted. Uh, so Love's nickname was based on his large, lean frame. He stood six feet, seven and a half inches tall and weighed only 195 pounds. Oh, jeez. That is a tall drink of water, but a toothpick. Upon his debut, Love became the tallest pitcher in Major League history at that point, surpassing Hippo Vaughn, who stood at six feet, four inches. Hippo? Hippo Vaughn. A six foot tall hippo? Yeah, that's, I think Hippo was a little bit wider. Then, then Should have gone Giraffe Vaughn, I'm thinking. <laughs> so let's just look up. Let me look up Hippo Vaughn really quick because I'm familiar with that name. Maybe he was a rather wide man. Hippo Vaughn was 6'4", 215. So a little bit more proportional. Hippo Vaughn, get this, and I think we have discussed this before. Hippo Vaughn won the pitching triple crown in 1918 for the Chicago Cubs. He went 22 and 10. He threw eight shutouts, struck out 148 to lead the league, and uh, had a league-leading ERA of 174. Wow. So Hippo Vaughn, 178 and 137 career-wise. But uh, Slim Love, I was looking at Slim Love's Wikipedia page, and they have a bunch of articles describing him through quotes of old-timey radio uh, newspaper clippings. And they are, <laughs> they are some very interesting ways that they would describe him throughout his career. Uh, he was described as a human giraffe. 
kind of an interesting way. He was described as the Eiffel Tower slabster of the Los Angeles Club. <laughs> okay. uh, he had a special pitch, which, which was known as the aeroplane bomb, as it seems to descend on the batter from somewhere in the celestial region. So, I love the way that old time newspapers used to describe things. There was a poetry to their their words, weren't there? Yeah. So there's a couple of other odd ways to describe them. I'll, I'll link the Wikipedia page in the show notes. But there's Slim Love. Also making his debut today in 1979 was Kirk Gibson. Gibby. <laughs> he was the uh, MVP in 1988. He won the World Series twice, once in 84 with the Tigers, and then, of course, in 88 with the Dodgers. He was also named Manager of the Year for the Arizona Diamondbacks in 2011. In his debut, it was against the Yankees. He pinch hit and struck out to end the game versus Goose Gossage. A couple of things I, I was just, I think I was vaguely aware of. Gibson was an All-American football player at Michigan State University. He set several Spartan football records, including career touchdowns, career receptions, and career yards, which I believe have probably all been broken, but it's football, so I didn't look it up. <laughs> Now, this one blew my mind, and everybody should pay attention to this, because when we do trivia shows, I guarantee you this will end up in a trivia show. Kirk Gibson is the only former MVP to never appear in an All-Star game. Whoa. Yeah, Kirk Gibson never made an All-Star team. That's crazy. If I would have asked you that, like, my question would have been, how many All-Star teams did Kirk Gibson make? Right. My answer would have been like three or four at least. Never made the right. all-star team, which is that's weird. unbelievable. Yeah. I would have said probably around five or six. Yeah, it's that's. I mean, you would think especially in you know eighty-eight or maybe eighty-nine. Right. <laughs> but uh, no kidding. So eighty-eight World Series, of course, the he hobbles up, hits the home run off Eck. We've talked about that many, many, many times. Too many. Too many. Seen it too many times. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. I still enjoy seeing it. It's a great baseball moment. It's it's heartbreaking for an A's fan, but it's a great baseball moment. Uh, he played for four teams. Can you name me the four teams that Kurt Gibson played for? Oakland, Detroit. Uh, he never played for Oakland. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. Los Angeles, there Detroit. Yep. Did he play for the Newark Eagles? He well, uh, I'm I want major league teams. Oh. And then the Mets? No. Okay, then I have no idea. He played for Kansas City for one year, and he played for Detroit. Uh, not Detroit, for uh, Pittsburgh for one year. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, he ended up his career with, with a season with each of those teams. A couple of other interesting things. Gibson married Joanne Sklarski. In 1985, what was weird is it was a double ceremony where his teammate, pitcher Dave Rosma, married Joanna's sister, Sandy. So two teammates <laughs> married sisters at the same time. Kind of weird. Wow. Uh, the Gibsons reside in Gross Point, Michigan. So I wanted to give a shout out to John Cusack and Minnie Driver because that is an awesome movie, Gross Point Blank. No comment on yeah. Gross Point Blank? Right. Uh, no, I like Gross Point Blank. Um, I didn't expect it to come up. Yeah, it didn't either. I read that. I was like, that's pretty cool. And then this was the most incredible, and this is dangerous and impressive. Gibson set an aviation record in 1987 when he flew a Cessna 206 
to an elevation of 25,200 feet in Lakeland, Florida. That what was <laughs> that's incredible. I mean, when you are on like a Delta or an American flight, right? You're at like 30,000 feet. He yeah. flew a Cessna at 25,000 feet. That has got to be incredibly dangerous. What, what would prompt someone to do that? He wanted to set the record. I guess just being Kurt Gibson. Yeah, it was obvious. It says Lakeland, Florida. So I'm guessing that this was during spring training. That's that's crazy. Yeah, I th that's just dangerous. I got to imagine. <laughs> yeah, but way to go. All right. And our final debut for September 8th in 1982, Donnie Mattingly, Donnie Ballgame, Donnie Baseball made his debut. It was, uh, yeah. it was against Baltimore. Did not get an at-bat. All he did was come in and replace Ken Griffey Sr. in left field for defense for the ninth inning. <laughs> Donnie Baseball put in left field for defense. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> I think the, I, the game was a little bit out of reach at that point. I think that's why he, he ended up out there. You know, his first three seasons, he saw time in the outfield. He saw mm -hmm. time uh, even in center field in 1984. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> he was always so speedy. Why not put him out there? <laughs> Those 14 career stolen bases, a lot of speed. He looks like like when he starts running like in Scooby-Doo. Yeah. <laughs> like his legs are really short, and then they just kind of stand there and go in circles, and then he finally takes off, you know? Yeah, uh, probably a little bit faster in his youth. But, of course, his career, he was hampered with back injuries, especially throughout his career. Yes. He was the league MVP in 1985. He won nine gold gloves at first baseman. He was always an outstanding first baseman defensively. Oh, yeah. Won the batting title in 1984 with a 343 batting average. Never played in the World Series. That was always the thing that was always sad about Don Mattingly. He only made the playoffs once. That was in 1995 versus Seattle. Another another game that we have uh, series we've covered quite extensively with the double yep. Griffey Jr. coming around to score on Edgar's double. After that game, Mattingly retired. That was it. Never made. Uh, hmm. That was his only playoff appearance. Was in that series. 1987. Great year for Don Mattingly. He hit home runs in seven consecutive games, which tied Dale Long's major league record at that point. It was later yes. matched by Ken Griffey Jr. in 1993. Yep. Uh, also during that year in 1996, Don Mattingly hit a record six grand slams. That's a lot of grand. That's a lot of RBIs. Yeah, but coincidentally, though, those six grand slams were the only grand slams of Don Mattingly's entire career, all in one year. Got it all done at once. Yeah, That's really strange. He's like, I've done it. No more needed. Yeah, I'm, I'm not hitting more Grand Slams. That's enough. So Travis Hafner tied that record in 2006. Do you remember Travis Hafner's nickname? I think I've asked you this before. Travis Hafner? Yeah. No. Came up with the Indians. Pronk. Pronk. Because he was I'm part project and part donkey. Like, he was a <laughs> thick dude, man. He was big. Pronk. Pronk. <laughs> We like to talk about pop culture references here. Mattingly's greatest pop culture moment is no doubt in the Simpsons episode, Homer at the Bat, when he is recruited by Mr. Burns on his softball team full of ringers of, you know, major league players. He's ultimately cut, though, as Mr. Burns does not like his non-existent sideburns. 
At one point, Mattingly even shaves, you know, just a straight line over the top of his head from ear to ear to get rid of anything that looks like a sideburns. Not good enough. Mr. Burns cuts him. Mattingly exclaims that he still likes him better than Steinbrenner. <laughs> uh, while he never appeared on a Seinfeld episode, Mattingly was referenced several times and, in fact, was the victim of a 100% cotton uniform that resulted in him splitting his pants in a game. That's right. Truly proving that cotton truly is king. Cotton is king. Just, <laughs> it's a little rough after a few washings. Great episode. Yes. All right, so that'll do it for our debuts. I asked you a trivia question last week. It was about the Rolaids Relief Man Award, which we've spoken about several times. This award was given out 1976 through 2012, and I ask you, who had won that award the most? Any ideas? Um, my my guess is I'm going to go with Raleigh Fingers. Raleigh Fingers did win it a couple of times, but the answer is a tie. Both Dan Quisenberry and Mariano Rivera each won the award five times. Huh. Dan Quisenberry. Oh, the quiz, dude. The quiz. We don't talk about him. We haven't talked about him a lot. He was a solid closer. Yeah, I think we've pulled him once or twice in Wax Packs Heroes. He led the league in saves four different times. He ended up with 553 career saves, which is a good number. He only pitched for 12 years. So, wow. I mean, that's a great total for kind of a shorter career. He was he was pretty lights out. He was a, he was tough. And, and I stand corrected. He led the league in saves five years, not four. Wow. Appeared in 84 games in 1985. That is more than half of the games of the season he appeared. Also on that wow. 85 uh, Royals World Series team. OK, so I got a new I got a new question for you, and this is eminently answerable. You could get this. I want to know which catcher has played the most career games with one team. So that doesn't Um, necessarily mean that they have only been on one team in their entire career. It just means who has played in the catcher's position the most for a team. Okay. um, Johnny Bench. That's an answer. It's right. Well, I'm not going to have to wait till next week. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> All right. I got a couple other answers. Okay, we'll go with Johnny. Okay. So I mean it's always a good answer. Johnny or Yogi Berra seem to always be good answers when it comes to catching. Yeah. But if you're in a trivia question or you know, playing trivia and it's a catcher question, those are kind of the ones you can lean on. All right. So let's uh let's get into uh, I've got a story this week, Mark. Have you ever heard of Joe Bauman? Mm, no. I had a I had an eighth grade gym coach named Mr. Bauman. This, I don't know, is, was, did you go to school at Oklahoma by any chance in the, in the 18, in the 1950s? Uh, close. I went to school in Tacoma in the 1980s. Oh, so okay. So pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Probably not the same guy, though. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. So Joe Bauman was... Six foot five, 235 pound first baseman who played just a single game in double A in 1948. Besides that lone game, he never played a game above class A in his entire career. But, wow, Jeff, this sounds like a great baseball story, right? Mm-hmm. What, what's so next? Far, so good. Are you going to regale us with, you know, little league stories? Well, 
Did I ever tell you about the game I hit a leadoff home run and then made a diving catch in left field as well? No, that's all. That's what I want to talk about now. Oh, right on. No, I'm just kidding. That's not what I want to talk about. So Joe grew up in Oklahoma City, started his baseball career in the Northeast Arkansas League with the Newport Dodgers in 1941. Didn't exactly tear up the league. He hit only 215 in 59 games with three home runs. Now, it, this league had huge fields. One of, the, one of the fields was 500 feet to center field. Another one was like 350 to right. It was, there were some big ballparks in Northeast Arkansas at this point, apparently. He also spent some time on the mound where he racked up, but I can only call it an impressive 0-10 record. Wow, it does impress. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. But now I say that sarcastically because clearly it impressed somebody because Joe got promoted to Little Rock of the Southern Association after that. This is the league that is still around. This is still the, the Southern Association. Some of the teams that were around at that point are still around today, like the Birmingham Barons, where Michael Jordan played, the Chattanooga Lookouts, which unfortunately is one of those teams that might be contracted, and the Memphis Chicks, where if you remember, Bo Jackson played there for a while. And I Mm -hmm. learned doing some research on uh, Slim Love that they were originally called the Memphis Turtles, which is (laughs) one of my favorite minor league names now. Despite that, Joe got into only three games in the Southern Association, and he was hitless with 10 at-bats. After that season, though, Joe served in the military from 1942 through 45. After serving his country, Joe joined the Amarillo Gold Sox of the West Texas New Mexico League. Not sure what was in the water there or if it was just that the the talent was watered down. But in two seasons, Joe hit 86 home runs. He hit 301 and 350, respectively, with a total of 286 RBIs in two years. (laughs) that's these just (laughs) let me tell you this is not the high point of his career (laughs) but 286 in two years it's a very late bloomer there man very very gaudy numbers so this caught the attention of the boston braves who signed him to a contract and sent him to double a hartford where he hit a respectable 275 it was respectable enough to get him to be called up to that one and only game in triple a where he went 0 for 1 The Braves weren't exactly sure what type of player they had, and they decided that they were going to send Joe to Atlanta to play for the Atlanta Crackers. Well, the catch here was, is they were going to send him there, but they were going to cut his salary, and Joe was not into that. Joe was like, Mm -hmm. I'm barely getting paid as it is. And he reportedly told them that he could make more money selling 27-inch shoestrings on any corner in Oklahoma City. Now, first of all, I'm a little confused. Is 27 inch like the standard shoelace length of the time or what? He was very specific. It may have been the most popular one, but uh, I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah, I thought that I, was I used odd. to know. Yeah. <laughs> I one, one, one story had it as 24 inches, but I, I went with the Sabre, one of the Sabre articles. It said 27. So okay. going there. Yeah. Sabre never misses. No. Well, uh, over Wikipedia, I'm going to go with Saber every time. So (laughs) Joe returned to his uh, home in Oklahoma, but instead of selling shoestrings like he threatened, he instead opened a gas station along Fame Route 66. He also played for a local semi-pro team in Elk City. I'm going to give you one guess. What do you think the Elk City baseball team's nickname was? The Venison. 
American, very close. They were the Elk City Elks. Very, very clever. The Elks. Was close. Joe's power obviously played well against semi-pro competition, but uh, playing semi-pro ball doesn't really pay the bills, and his gas station suffered as motor travel in the country started to fade in popularity, and, and people just weren't driving cross-country to see this beautiful country as much. So Joe jumped back into the world of professional baseball and he joined the Artesia Drillers in the Longhorn League in Texas. Now, I know it's either Texas or Alaska or the, is the largest state in the in the United States. But regardless, how many possible leagues can one state have? Like Texas has like the Northeast, Central, Regional, Northern District Leagues. Like they are just, they get a ton of them. They certainly do. His numbers weren't much different than when he was playing against semi-pro teams. In two seasons with Artesia, he had just incredible numbers. He had 103 home runs. He knocked in 298 runs, besting his 286 total from the two years a while back. And he hit 375 and 371, respectively. Again, not bad. No. (laughs) So uh, Joe was content with his life in the Longhorn League, but he had always liked the city of Roswell, which also happened to be in the Longhorn League. He enjoyed his time so much there that he bought out his own contract with Artesia and signed with Roswell for the 1954 season. Another thing we might want to note about the Roswell Stadium where they played, right field was only 329 feet. Roswell also is in altitude. So it's a pretty tempting target for a left-handed power hitting hitter. Like, gotcha. Well, it paid off. Bauman turned in what might be the greatest single season in baseball history. The season was 138 games long. He won the triple crown. He hit an even 400 for the year. He knocked in, get this, 224 runs in this one 138-game season. My gosh. He also hit 72 home runs. Now, if the 72 home run total wasn't impressive enough, he hit 13 of them in the final 14 games. So at this point, the, the... professional baseball record not the major league just the professional baseball record was 68 home runs in a season also hit in the minor leagues as you can guess at at this point it wasn't even you know we weren't even at uh, at roger maris in in 1961 hitting 61 so babe ruth technically still held the record with 60 home runs in one season but here comes joe he hits 72 So as the season was starting to wind down, he was quite a ways away from breaking this record. And so what the player manager, Pat Stassi, did is he bumped Joe from the number four spot in the lineup up to the leadoff spot in order to get him some more ABs. Well, coincidentally, the first time he did that, Joe had three hits and a sack fly in that leadoff spot, but no home runs. Stassi had moved himself, though, into that number four spot in the lineup that Joe had, had left to go to the leadoff spot, Stassi hit three home runs in his first game in that leadoff spot, <laughs> leading me to believe that, that that spot in their lineup was blessed. It was just a magical spot. It was magical, lineup. yeah. So he also led the league in walks and runs scored in that year. 
he had a good eye. He waited for his pitches and then he would mash them if he got them. 72 home runs is the single season highest total recorded for home runs in professional baseball, obviously, until Barry Bonds then hit 73 in 2001. Bonds, of course, played 162 game schedule, as did McGuire and Sosa and everybody else that was killing the ball, you know, long after Joe Bauman had retired. Bauman really dropped off the next season. He only managed to hit 336 with 46 home runs, which broke his streak of three straight seasons with 50-plus home runs. That record, however, stood until Sammy Sosa broke it uh, between 1998 and 2001, where he had four straight seasons of 50-plus home runs. Joe played part of the next season, but his heart really wasn't in it. He injured himself in the offseason. He didn't want to get surgery to you know, fix the injury, fix, heal the injury. He was struggling. He didn't really want to be there, but the fans just loved him. He was like the king of Roswell. So he played for a while until he just he couldn't do it anymore, and he retired at the age of 34. So wow. baseball players did not make a lot of money at this time, both in the big leagues, but as you can imagine, in the Class C Longhorn League, they were making even less. But Joe did very well for himself. First, there was a local merchant who would give a free ham Every time the team hit a home run, that player would get a free ham. So you can imagine Joe just by himself made sure that the team was very well fed. Man, yeah, plenty of ham. Nobody is ever upset when there's lots of ham around. Uh, Also, the people of Roswell, when they weren't being abducted by aliens, loved, as I said, Joe. Biggest attraction in the city. They flocked to the Roswell Rockets games to see him hit home runs. And what would happen in the minor leagues, not just here, but throughout the minor leagues, is after each home run, fans would run down to the dugout and they would stick in the chain link fence. They would put money in there and stuff it in there, kind of like, you know, you would to a a stripper's G-string. They would stuff money in there as a congratulations. Games would have to be stopped for several minutes after Joe's blast because everybody would come down and be trying to give him money. In the game that Joe broke this home run mark, he was said to have pocketed between five and $800 from that one home run. And this game was on the road, mind you. This wasn't even in Roswell. It happened to be in Artesia, that team that he played the first two years with. But still, fans were down there giving him five to $800. Wow. Joe finished with 337 career home runs. He would have had he would have had one more, except forget this. An umpire lost sight of a ball that he hit for a home run over the fence. The umpire said, I can't call it a home run if I never saw it leave the park. (laughs) But so what he did is he say he said, I saw you swing at it, though. So it's strike one. (laughs) Can you believe just think if Billy Martin would have been his manager at this point. What would have oh, man, I can't, I can't even imagine the gasket he would have blown or multiple gaskets. Now, I mean, you hit a home run and the umpire, I got to imagine the lighting in these parks wasn't great, says, yeah. I never saw it leave. The, I never saw it, but I saw you swing. So it's a strike. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> hardly seems fair. Yes. Yeah. Where was replay? 
Uh, Bauman stayed in Roswell after his playing days. He at one point had two gas stations. He was a pipe fitter. He was a distributor for Schlitz beer, did a bunch of stuff. He eventually passed away in 2005. The Joe Bauman home run award is given out to the minor league player who hits the most home runs each season. Former winners include Ryan Howard, Joey Gallo, Chris Bryant, and Pete Alonso. So it's kind of cool. Minor league baseball, you know, honors him still and hands out this award each year named after him. That's really neat, man. It's still going today. There you go. There's Joe Bauman and his just gaudy, gaudy numbers. That, that's incredible because, you know, you never hear about that. No. I that's mean, very interesting. 48, 38, 50, 43, 32. I mean, those are some incredible numbers. So very impressive. Joe Bauman. Yeah, definitely not my eighth grade gym coach. He, no. he couldn't hit a ball that far. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it was him. And again, unless you went you were in Oklahoma or Roswell, I don't think it was him. Okay, so we've got a we've got a something special. We got a we've got a special wax pack hero here where we are going to do it with a former major leaguer. We only had limited time. So West Chamberlain joined us. West Chamberlain played in the big leagues from 1990 through 1995, most notably with the Philadelphia Phillies. He was on that uh, 93 team that went to the World Series that lost to the Blue Jays, where Joe Carter, of course, hit the walk-off game winner in game six of that series. West Chamberlain came in fifth in the Rookie of the Year balloting in 1991. He also spent a year or actually two years with Boston. Uh, He was traded there in 94 and then played in 95. So we got a chance to sit down and open a pack of baseball cards with West Chamberlain. So let's, uh, let's hear how it went. The Pirates liked our guest today so much that they drafted him twice. First in 1984 out of high school, and then again in 1987 out of Jackson State University. Wes Chamberlain played for six seasons in the major leagues, but that was not the end of his baseball career. Wes has logged time in Mexico, Japan, and throughout North America for several independent league teams as well. And he's nice enough to join us today. Wes, thank you so much for joining us. We're really excited to talk with you. Thank you guys for having me. Wes, are you, are you up for opening a pack of baseball cards with us? Yeah. All right. So this is a segment that we like to call Wax Pack Heroes. Gonna pull a Wax Pack Hero. Stars in his What we do is we do this with all our guests. We've got a leaderboard and uh, we open up a pack of baseball cards. We're going to open up a pack of 1991 score, uh, which includes a a West Chamberlain rookie card is in this, uh, you know, in this run that's worth 20 cents. So uh, it's a it's big money compared to some of these other cards Um, to score this. We've got a couple of rules. First, we use uh, May 1992 Beckett. And then that way, you know, these cards do have some value because they're not worth a whole lot now. But uh, we also have a couple of uh, other rules that we've implemented to kind of make it a little bit more fun. Uh, First, if the picture is, uh, you can see in the picture that the player is wearing real stirrups and sanitary socks, you get an extra one cent for that. If, uh, oh. if if they're wearing the two and ones, though, you get a minus one cent because we love real stirrups. <laughs> did, 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 did you wear what did you wear? Did you wear real stirrups or did you wear the we two and ones? Both. Or we both. both. Got it. You know, I was in the transition. 
No, that's yeah. that's a popular sure. answer. Whatever's yeah. easiest that day is what they go with. Um, we also, if uh, if you're sporting a mustache, you get an extra cent because a lot of guys were were uh, were sporting a lot of uh, facial hair at this point. And then uh, okay. if if you're in the Hall of Fame, you get an extra five cents as well. So. You, wow. you, you can get a little bit of extra extra cash in with these things. So I'm going to go okay. ahead. I'm going to open up your pack here. And uh, we'll just go through it and see. Jeff, if, isn't there a rule that if you pull your own rookie card, you just automatically win? We will we'll give you an extra an extra dollar on top of everything else. That'll put you near the top of the leaderboard. <laughs> Can you repeat that again? What was that? If what we that if we pull your actual card, we're gonna go ahead and uh-huh. give you an extra dollar too. Oh, wow. Which that'll, that'll put you almost near the top of the leaderboard. So uh, okay. our current leader is is Richie Schaefer, who uh, who just retired last year. Uh, he played with the Devil Rays uh, for a couple of seasons. So he's our leader with a dollar thirty five. So you can see it's not wow. that if we get if you get a dollar, that's a it's a big time, uh, big time card. How old is what year is he born? I don't know. He's not. He is not uh, an old gentleman, though. He is. <laughs> I think I'm he's saying, probably thirty. Like, wait a minute. Yeah. Oh, I'm about to say thirty. Yeah, I'm fifty-four. I'm like, wait a minute, now. Yeah, no. Nope. He's in that deck. We, we. Oh no, he's not in this. He's just. Uh, he was a guest, and and that was his. Oh, his he was score. a guest. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm about to say. I'm like, wait a minute, man. No, no, no. Well, I nobody. That he got himself. I, I yeah. don't. Unless we've got a Bartolo Colon or a Julio Frank. Nobody's close yeah. in here to still playing. <laughs> right, right. I was about to say, because Julio and Manny and them all came up with what? Now, Julio was before me. Now, if you just said Julio was still playing, I'd I say, you know, that's okay, because he's just not retired and I'm retired again. Yeah, I'm but, convinced Julio is still yeah. playing down in the Dominican somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you with that. All right, so here we go. Your first card, and this is good, you're starting out with a Hall of Famer right off the bat. You're starting out with Alan Ooh. Trammell with the Tigers. Wow. Wow. Nice. <laughs> So and he got stirrups. He got old school stirrups on too. Oh, he absolutely does. Yeah. So let's see. Uh, Alan Trammell is worth two cents according to Beckett. Uh, he does have real stirrups, and he's a Hall of Famer. So uh, oh, wow. I got to do some math because I went to the pa- I went to a Pac-10 school, so it, sometimes it doesn't come that quick. Um, what did I say? He was worth two cents. So that's an eight cent card right off the bat. So that's a good way to uh, to start out right there. Wow. Uh, your now, next, how many cards do you have to go through? Uh, it's just one pack, so it's uh, fifteen cards. Oh, okay. So, and this is wow! You've got a another Hall of Famer. Your first two cards are <laughs> Hall of Famers, so this is a really good start for you. How about that? I bet you. How about that? <laughs> I bet you probably played against this guy a couple of times. It is here. He is with the Expos. It's Tim Raines. Oh, Rock! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I played against Rock. Any mm-hmm. any memories about playing against him? Rock Reigns is his nickname. Do you have any big games mm-hmm. where stole three bases or, or tracked everything uh, in the outfield? No, not really. I mean, I mean, he has, he's just, you know, a typical leadoff hitter like Ricky Henderson, but he wasn't no power hitter. That yep. was the only thing that separated him and Ricky. Yep. Yeah, that's the only thing. Yeah. He's a contact hitter. He, he, was, he was already a run. So don't walk him. The one thing you want to do is get him out. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> a walking triple. Yeah, exactly. If you walk him, he's a triple. 
<laughs> so that's uh, another good card. Yeah. It's worth two cents. Plus he's a hall of famer. Yeah. So that's seven cents. So that'll bring you up to 15 cents after two cards. That's really nice. Which is that uh, the White Sox uniform or the Expo uniform? This is that nice Expos uniform. It's the road uniform. So he had on. Well, yeah, I can't see. Yeah, I'm sure he did, uh, but he can't all see the way it. Down. They, they all the way down. As he wore his pants, as he got older, he wore them lower yep. in the 90s. That's when we started going to low, yep. lower, lower pants in the 90s. Yep. No, I remember it, remember yeah. it well. Because Allen's a throwback. Uh, Trammell's a throwback. He's Sparky and them guys. They always wore the stores. They had to show... The Tigers, Cincinnati, um, it was some organizations that demanded that they show stirrups regardless. Yeah, it was like a, like two or three inches yeah. you had to show uh, of, yeah. of your stirrup. Yeah, I remember the those Pirates days. Went, the Pirates went to it in, uh, in the minor leagues, but not in the major leagues. But, yeah, it was Cincinnati always had to show red, and uh, Detroit had to show black always. Yep. All right. Well, speaking of Detroit, mm-hmm. your next card here is Tony Phillips, you uh, yep. super utility guy in the infield. Yep, it was showing black stirrups. I mean, black socks. <laughs> yep, and he is definitely. And, and Tony Phillips always had a mustache too. So always had a mustache. That's good. That'll get you. That'll get you two more cents. Nothing. Uh, nothing from oh, Beckett value wise there. But uh, I remember mm-hmm. him from. I'm an A's fan. Yeah, he spent. Well, he was on the. Uh, he was on yep. the '89. Uh, World Series team. Yep, he was on the World Series team. Yep, yep. sure was. Uh, next, here comes uh, a Philadelphia pitcher for you. It's Terry Mulholland. A teammate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see, Terry he's Mulholland. Clean. He's clean face. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't remember him with a mustache. And this, the bad no. part here is this card. The way it's it's shot, you can see just to his knees. He's in the middle of his motion, but I can't tell if he's got real stirrups or on or anything. So unfortunately, and no value 91, there. Ninety-one. So yeah, no value there. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Next, uh, we spoke about baseball families when we were talking about the Alus. The bones are the Alus. <laughs> We, we were talking about the Alus earlier. This is another baseball family, and it's a rookie card. Here he is with the Royals, who he came up with. It's Brian McRae. Brian McRae, and he should be showing blues. Kansas City was another organization that showed uh, stirrups. Yep, he definitely is. And, uh, wow, that's, and, a, uh, that's a good card for you right there because that's his rookie card. Beckett has it listed mm-hmm. as 20 cents. Wow. Plus you get the the stirrup money and uh, he's got a mustache. So that's a He's got a mustache on that? Yeah, he's got a mustache. (laughs) He did. He did sport a mustache uh, younger when he first came up because he was, uh, he came up real young. Like when he was, he signed when he was 18 out of high school. So he signed and made it, yeah. He played for a long time too. He had a good career. Yeah. Yeah, he was like, uh, he was like Tim Raines. Didn't lead off here to center fielder, steal bases. Yep. Definitely. Yep. So that's actually uh, he signed the same year with me in '87. Yeah. Yep. Yep. '87. He got drafted. Well, that's a good card. That's twenty cents plus uh, one cent for the stirrup and one cent for the mustache. That brings you up to thirty-nine 22. cents. Thirty-nine cents. Keep on going. All right. <laughs> Here you've got another rookie card. This one from the Royals. It is Terry Shumpert. Oh, that's my that's my guy. There. He got stirrups on. He might have a mustache too. Oh yeah, definitely. He's, he's got both of those. Um, Beckett, Beckett didn't want to give him anything, though, but uh, he's got uh, you'll get two cents from there. And it's this card is uh, kind of uh, funny because he's at either second or short and he looks like he's turning uh, a double play double and it's play. against the yeah. Yankees. And the guy sliding in is wearing number two. 
which we we all know now is Derek Jeter, but that is not Derek, Derek Jeter. Jeter. Uh, I'm not sure who that is or who would have <laughs> worn number two before Jeter. But Derek Jeter didn't get there to six, so that was a uh, what's his name. Uh, uh, he's played for uh, the Yankees. I mean, the Yankees and uh, Gallego. Oh, is that Gallego. Mike Gallego wore to- number two Mike when he was Gallego. there? Yeah. Yeah. Mike, Mike Gallego. He was playing second base for the Yankees. Huh. That, so I, he I played do. infield for the uh, Yankees. Uh, he's the only one wore number two before Derek Jeter. <laughs> I wonder how Mike Gallego got the Yankees to give him a, a single-digit number when he got there. <laughs> yeah. I believe, yeah. All right. Mm, next, Because Willie Wilson was there a long time. Okay, go ahead. Next card is a pitcher for the Dodgers. It is David Walsh. I don't remember David Walsh. Yeah. Me neither. He's a young guy, though. He didn't stick. Yeah, so uh, that is a rookie card. So that's worth two cents. He's got stirrups, so that's uh, that'll get you three mm-hmm. cents. So that'll bring you up to mm-hmm. forty-four cents. You've already broken our top ten uh, with that card, so that's good news. Oh, wow. You've got uh, yeah. you just passed uh, former pitcher Sean Lowe, and uh, you're you're creeping up on the uh, Oakland A's uh, uh, Spanish broadcaster Amari Go- Gonzalez. So it's looking good here. Next, you've got another rookie. This one for the Baltimore Orioles. It's Jeff McKnight. Yeah, I remember Jeff. That yeah, is, is he a first base outfielder? Uh, let's see. He is listed as an outfielder here. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And this is an interesting. On. Well, I can't see it, but you can see. this can't is see an in- wow. interesting card. He's got a definitely got a mustache. Uh, He's got a lot of hair coming out from underneath that batting helmet, too. (laughs) And he's got those big, I call them science teacher glasses that take up half his face. Yeah, that is uh, that's quite a card there. But uh, that will get you three cents uh, because of the uh, the Beckett value and then the uh, the mustache. So that'll bring you up to forty seven cents. Next pitcher for the Astros, Dave Smith. I remember Dave. He should, he should probably have stirrups on. Yeah, I, I think most of these guys will. It's just a matter of whether we can see him or not, and I can't yeah, see okay. him. Okay, you can't see him. Okay, okay, I got you. You said you couldn't see him. I understand. Um, you couldn't see Mo Hoppins. Yeah, no. I, <laughs> like, we, we go across mm-hmm. this one. We come across a Mike Sosha card. You know because he's an old-school catcher. Yeah. He's got stirrups, right. but we got to be able he's to see stirrups. him. <laughs> right, exactly. He's got stirrups, yep. Uh, unfortunately, no value on Beckett there, and Dave doesn't have a mustache, okay. so nothing there. But right. now you've got this is your third Hall of Famer here, and I know you're gonna wow. have you're gonna have something to say about him because this Hall of Famer, uh, I looked at the stats, is the guy that you faced the most in your major league career. Seriously? Yeah. Oh my laundry. It is uh, that guy. Here he is uh, with the Cubs. This is before he went on to the Braves. It is oh, Mad Dog. Mad Dog, Mad you got it. <laughs> <laughs> he got stir, so. <laughs> yeah, well, I hate we to tell you this, but stir. he does he not. Enjoying it? He's got two he and ones on. Oh, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so because the 90s, if he, and he probably, is he in the Cubs or the uh, Braves unit? Yep, this is the Cubs. Yeah, because that's when the 90s transitioned with the two and ones. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And he don't even have a mustache. Well, if you, he's got a very well, pretty famous rookie card. Yeah. When he came up, yeah. his rookie card, he has got this wispy mustache. I kind of call it like yep. a, a porn yep. stash because it just looked yeah, like a, a teenager that couldn't really grow one. <laughs> right. Because right. everyone else on that staff had one, but yeah, here he's clean shaven. <laughs> okay. Yep. Exactly. Uh, Beckett, for yeah, some yeah. reason, is not putting a value on this card. But you do get wow. five cents because he's a Hall of Famer. But I got to take one cent away for the two and one. So that's a four cent card for Mad one. Dog. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, now this next card oh, is a catcher, uh, Mark. This is your, one of your buddies. Mark knows this guy. Mark was a bat boy for the uh, for the Tacoma Tigers and Tacoma Rainiers. It is catcher for the Minnesota Twins, Brian Harper. Uh huh. We know Harper got the long hair. Yeah. It- Great hitter, uh, that man, yep. man was a contact hitter. Yep, he yeah. was he was a real good hitter, and yeah, he's got long hair, he's got a mustache. I can't see, mustache. I can't see, can't the, stirrups, see the stirrups, but we know that they're you know they, they would stirrups, definitely yeah. be there because he's a catcher, and that's the way catchers yep. roll. And uh, the Twins was another team that wore stirrups. Yep, and they had the, those nice had stirrups that had the TC on them yeah. too. Kirby used PC, to show right. those. Yeah, Kirby used to show those all the time. <laughs> yeah. So you'll get one cent for that. Um, that'll okay. bring you up to 52. Wait a minute. Only one? I, 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 wait a minute. Only one uh, for the, the stash and the, uh, and the hair? Uh, there's n- nothing for hair. No no, no extra oh, value for, for hair. Oh, okay. Just facial hair. Okay. Just the stash. <laughs> Just face. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Now, this is an interesting card. Uh, this is third baseman for the Chicago White Sox at this point. And it's, it's interesting because it's definitely at Old Comiskey. I can tell by the box seats. Is that Vance Law? No. Oh, no. Vance. We just had uh-huh. Vance on. Vance was oh, our last okay. guest and and was a lot of fun. But this is uh, probably best known finished. for charging. Yep, for charging uh, Nolan Ryan. It's Robin Ventura. Robin Ventura, rocking Robin. Did he have a stash on that one? He definitely does not have a stash here. He's a baby oh, face. Man. Um, yeah. So did this is stirrups? did they show the stirrups? Well, this is an interesting card because this was taken during a turn back the clock game. So they're wearing old, jer- uh, old, old school jerseys, and he's just got white socks. Like he's just showing sanitaries. They didn't wear stirrups in this in this uniform oh, combination. Maybe. So okay. you're gonna so get that was, the, was that the was that the black the white tops with the black pants throwback one? Nope it's it's white with black pinstripes. And then a yeah, big the S one, yeah. with an O and an X in, yeah. in, in parts of it. It's a good looking jersey. Yeah. You're just going to get gypped out of, of, of stirrup money, but you will get seven Stiff cents money. for that card. So that's Sweet. a good one. Um, Robin Ventura was a, an incredible uh, co- collegiate player as well at Oklahoma State. I think he still holds the record for the, uh, the longest hitting streak in NCAA history. Okay. He was a really good, yeah. good player both uh mm-hmm. so that'll bring you up to 59 cents you are already you've okay. cracked the top five already you got four cards Sweet. left uh here is with the expos third baseman tim wallach oh yeah can you see this can you see this the stirrups <laughs> well i got bad news i can see the stirrups but they're oh. they're two and ones <laughs> two and one minus minus yeah. one <laughs> and and no value otherwise no mustache and beckett doesn't uh, have any value so that's going to actually cost you a cent darn you tim wallach okay. uh yeah. next we've got pete smith pitcher for the atlanta braves for the atlanta braves yep 
Um, he has a mustache sometimes. Did he have one now? Uh, he doesn't have one here, but he he does have oh, those real man. stirrups. Those real stirrups. They give me a, a penny back. That's two. That's a penny, right? Yep. So that'll that'll get you back yeah. up to fifty nine cents. And uh, your second to last card is a name that I mention often uh, just because I like oh, to yeah? string his name together with a bunch of other names. It is outfielder for the Blue Jays. It is Junior Felix. All right, Junior. He got a mustache, don't he? He normally does, but no. this he definitely yeah. does not. Yeah, he is clean oh, shaven. Man. He does have some real ah. stirrups, though. And okay, yeah. I've got to assume, I think he was on that, that 1993 team, correct? No, he was on the team before the '92, the one that won the first one, I believe. Oh, okay. He's uh, outfielder because yep. they, I think he was extra. He was a Devo and what's the name of them? You know, he might. He was. He was. He he was playing with the Blue Jays because he was an uh, outfielder. But I think they got rid of him when uh, when Devon White came over. Ah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is go to free agency. This will be okay. interesting. We're coming up. Your last card is another All Hall right. of Famer. This is you've broken the record what? for number of Hall of Famers in one pack. Sweet. <laughs> uh, and this guy usually has Sweet. a mustache, but you can't see it here. Aww. This guy usually wore real stirrups, but you can't see it here. But you're going to get five cents automatically because he's a Hall of Famer, and we'll see what Hall Beckett has to yeah. say. Another pitcher mm-hmm. for the Atlanta Braves, it is John Smoltz. John Smoltz, yeah, he normally wears a mustache, man. He don't have it, huh? Yeah, definitely usually wears a mustache. Uh, Beckett mm-hmm. has it worth three cents, so that'll be an eight-cent uh-huh. card, which okay. uh, that'll bring you up to 68 cents, 60, which cents. that will put you in uh, in fourth place on our leaderboard. So that's uh, a legitimately really good score. and uh, Very respectable. Yeah, and you definitely should get an award for the most number of Hall of Famers. I've never seen that many in one pack. That's great. Yeah, that's what that's what kept me. That's what bought me in the game. Yeah, <laughs> five Hall of Famers. Yeah, five Hall of Famers, dude. <laughs> you get a. You could put a good team together with this. You got Tim Raines leading oh, yeah. off. You got Alan Trammell yeah. in the number two hole, and uh, then you've got on the mound your rotation. You've got Greg Maddox and John Smoltz. You can just build yeah. around that, and uh, and that's yeah. a, a, a solid team. It is. You got. I got a, a solid infielder, Rob uh, Ventura at third. Yep. Put him on the hot I corner. Got Terry Shumpert. Terry Shumpert uh, at second. You you put McCray in yeah. in left because uh, you got Rock well, in I center. Rock, I, I put I put Rock in left because okay. uh, uh, McCray with the younger legs. <laughs> put Junior right field. Yeah, yeah. This is good. And you yeah. got Harper behind the plate, and you got yeah, Terry Mulholland also in the rotation. I mean, yeah. this is let's build a team around this. Let's do this. Yeah, that's a whole, that's a whole team itself. The agent because you got the agent uh, Trammell and Short. You know, yeah, you got Tony yeah. Phillips as well. Tony Phillips can play second of and it's second, first yeah. We can, yeah, switch it around. I mean, yeah, because you got Shumper to play short. We can put uh, uh, Tremel at first. Let's do it. Let's get these guys together. <laughs> there you go, baby. See, that's a team within a team. Yep, definitely. <laughs> All right, Wes. Well, we we really appreciate you uh, spending right. some time with us and opening up some cards and, and sharing some stories with us. Do you want to? Do you want to let everybody know what you're doing, where they can find you? You can uh, catch me at um, uh, thewestchamberlain.com. That's uh, my website for uh, Select Fest Baseball and 
softball, where I get private baseball and softball lessons in the Chicagoland area for now. Um, I'm on Twitter at West Chamberlain number four. Uh, my Amazon, my book, my autobiography is titled In the Game. Uh, it's a 100-page. It's a short, quick read. Uh, you you know my lifestyle. Uh, plan that's volume one. Uh, plan to have volume two and three. I wrote and uh, produced everything in the book, and, um, and you can catch me on LinkedIn. Uh, and I know that we're in a pandemic, so it's not you know doing as much traveling. So the speaking engagements and things of that nature, you know, I'm you know I'm not doing. I'm staying away from it. But I am uh, playing golf locally around the Chicagoland area. So um, if any events uh, happen to come up, which I know there's just less gathering, you know, due to the pandemic. Uh, but, yeah. I'll make sure to put all of those links that you just mentioned. I'll put them in the show notes. So if anybody uh, can, can, can just click on them. And, uh, yeah, we, yep. we look forward to Hopefully we can talk to you again in the future. And we really do appreciate your time. All right, Jeff and Mark, thank you for having me, man. I had fun. Another special thanks to Wes Chamberlain for joining us. Uh, he's on the leaderboard. He's uh, he's at number four on the leaderboard, which, frankly, the last couple of people we've had on did not did not get on the board. So I'm glad to see that he was at least able to get up there to number four with a 68 cents. And it knocked Chris from Turnipair off of the top 10 list. So I think he's going to probably be upset about that. Sorry, Chris, you got beat by Wes Chamberlain. Yeah, no, no, uh, no shame there. No shame. Let's start to wrap up the show. We uh, will start off as usual. We'd like to thank all of our listeners for uh, for joining us. Uh, also, if you want to follow us, you can do so on social media. We've been getting quite a few uh, emails and, and DMs on social media. You can find us at Two Strike Noise. That is at TWO Strike Noise, both on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find us on YouTube. I've Falling behind again, but uh, I'll try to put up some of these Wax Pack Hero segments. We do record them, and you can see them on our YouTube channel, so you can actually see some of these cards, which is kind of fun to, to see the cards we're talking about. Uh, just go on YouTube and search for Two Strike Noise or Wax Packs Heroes. It should come up. I'll also put all of these links in our show notes. Mark, you also have an email address that you watch like a hawk if people want to get a hold of us. Oh, absolutely. You can reach us at two strike noise at gmail.com. Spell out the two, not T O O, not T O, not the number two, but T W O strike noise at gmail.com. Plenty of ways to get a hold of us. Uh, we, we appreciate when people uh, like to interact. Yeah, we love the interaction. Mark, we will uh, we'll do this again, from what I understand. We're contractually obligated to be here at least next week. So uh, I will uh, I'll count on you. I'm going to pencil you in. Yeah, I'll be in. It's a, uh, my contract was up, but it is a team option. So, <laughs> well, it I must be a player away. option because I don't think the team's picking either of us up. But we're <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna activate that option. Uh, so uh, until next week, we will see you again. Thank you very much for joining us for this episode of Two Strike Noise. Thank you. God bless you. Have a great day.